Galaxy of Film presents. Let's fucking go! Hello and welcome back to an LFG bonus content episode here at Galaxy of Film. I, of course, am your host, Max. This week, I am joined by none other than Jake from Mayhem Pictures. How have you been, man? Happy New Year. Happy New Year. I've been uh, I've been well. I've been itching to come back, and I'm glad that I'm back here with, uh, with Licorice Pizza. You should probably get some cream for that, dude. <laughs> Something, gee. <laughs> That was a bad joke, sorry. We're only 20 seconds into this. I just ruined the episode. Anyways, we also have Alex from Drinking the Movies here. How have you been? Happy New Year. Happy New Year. I've been well. Watching a lot of movies. Catching up. There was a pause before you started that sentence. And also, <laughs> well, there were, there's a delay on the audio. And also, that was a bad joke, Max. Like, seriously, dude. Like, come on. Look, man. It's a Thursday night. Okay, fuck off. <laughs> I don't even know what day. I don't think it's Thursday. Uh, it, it's, I'm off. I hope it is because I didn't go to work today. <laughs> well, you know what? If you get yelled at tomorrow, then we know we know it wasn't Thursday. I won't get yelled at. I'll I'll, I'll get my final check. <laughs> Jeez. Um, but this week for LFG, we're discussing none other than uh, Paul Thomas Anderson's new film, Licorice Pizza, which is a movie that uh, Alex, you have been ever since I've met you. You've been blowing this movie one of the first things out of your mouth when you when i met you was have you seen the trailer for paul thomas anderson's new film it's called uh, yeah. licorice pizza it was it was in that exact tone and everything good that was a great impersonation on me thanks man um <laughs> i was very excited for this the trailer is one of my favorites that i've seen last year mm-hmm. even more than the batman yeah. just the way that they use the music Mm-hmm. And also the fact that it's been four years since his last film. It just, I'm always excited to see what he's come up with. And this is definitely one of his more laid back films, especially coming off something like Phantom Thread. Mm-hmm. It's definitely one where you just can kind of sit back, cr- crack open a beer, and uh, just enjoy watching it, and not have to think about the profound themes or whatever he's trying to tell you. So. And there are some themes of this, that's for sure. <laughs> um, Jake, what about you? Did you have any um, expectations with going into this one? Any hype for it? Um, I wasn't like super hype. Uh, like like when I first heard about it, I, like of course I love Paul Thomas Anderson. I don't think I'd seen enough of his films at that point. Like early on, uh, like I saw Phantom Thread, uh, but then over like the last few months, like with you know quarantine and all that stuff, uh, I saw like Boogie Nights. Um, all of his other films, and I was like, oh, I'm, I'm really excited for this. And then the trailer finally came out, and I was like, yes, I'm definitely going to check this out. And then, yeah, like, hearing about, like, the 70 millimeter thing around Thanksgiving, I was like, I want to do that. Like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to, but mm-hmm. I really would like to. Uh, and then things just worked out, and I was able to go see that in 70 millimeter. And it was it was incredible. It was a great experience. And, uh, yeah, I, I think that probably added to my enjoyment overall, but... Yeah, it was it was a lot of fun, and I, I really enjoyed it. Like like uh, like um, like Alex was saying, I it's it's one of those like just laid back movies. Like you don't have to think too much about it. Uh, it's like a fun like sit in that world for two hours, have a good time. I think uh, the only Paul Thomas Anderson film I've seen other than Licorice Pizza was Punch Drunk Love, which we also talked about on Galaxy of Film pretty early on actually. Um, but I loved it. 
I've, I've watched it like twice back to back. I fucking love Punch Drunk Love. Uh, but yeah, dude, Licorice Pizza. It took a while to come out. Uh, you know, here it took a minute just because it was limited release and whatnot. But um, Alex, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and do this, man. I'm gonna pin it on you. I want to hear your recap of this movie since you've hyped the fuck up out of it. I'm gonna put you in that awkward position. Go for it. Um, well, okay, so here's the thing. There's not exactly much of a plot to this. The first PTA film that not... even You can argue Boogie Nights doesn't really have a plot, but this is, like, dude, it boils down to two people and just slice a life around them. Um, Gary Valentine, portrayed by Cooper Hoffman, um, the son of um, Philip Seymour Hoffman, who was a PTA regular for years. Mm-hmm. And Elena, we don't, I believe her last name is Kane, played by Elena Haim, who has also been working with P.T. Anderson on a lot of their music videos. Mm -hmm. So it basically just boils down to these two characters meet, and immediately Gary is smitten with Elena. And we just kind of go and see their relationship blossom. And by relationship, I don't mean them engaging in sex or whatever, just... Doing life together, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. They just go on these little adventures together, and Gary is truly a hustler. He's always trying to look at what's coming, look at how he can make his next money. How the hell does a 15-year-old kid (laughs) rent out a store? (laughs) Well, he's an actor, so he has money from that. Um, One of the first trips that Gary and Elena do is go to New York, for a show that Gary's on with his acting troupe, I guess you could call it. Mm-hmm. And he ha- he supports his family that way as well. His parents really don't make a lot of money. And they're not really in the picture either, so he's also basically a parent to his younger brother. So he's, just, he's always about... He's basically what a lot of people like finance bros in 2021 are, is what he was in the 70s. It's a really interesting look at how a teenager thinks. Yeah, that's true. That's true. You know, <clears throat> um, what are your thoughts on the particular businesses that Gary starts up in this thing? Well, the first one that he does, if I remember correctly, is a waterbed business, and that is like the, his big thing for a while. Mm-hmm. Eventually, um, running into Bradley Cooper's character for a grand total of like five or ten minutes. Um. And Cooper is playing a real-life character in the John Peters, who is an infamous producer. And Cooper is just electric. He's, he gets probably the biggest laugh of the entire film with how crazy he plays the character. Mm-hmm. And after, after the waterbed business goes out, he starts looking at pinball machines. And the last one that he does is a pinball uh, store, I guess you could call it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's weird that... Was pinball really illegal for a while? Yes, it was. For some reason. (laughs) You're asking the wrong person. Interesting, interesting. Um, Jake, what are are some of the things off the top of your head that you particularly like about Licorice Pizza? Um, I really like how, uh, like, there is kind of no plot. Like, it's just, like, two people getting to know each other. Uh, not necessarily in a sexual way, uh, but I mean, like, I mean, that is probably going to have to be something that we bring up is uh, Gary Valentine's fifteen, and mm-hmm. Alana is uh, is twenty five. 
So, yeah, big controversy there about it, but uh, I don't know. I'd say say it's unnecessary controversy as well. PTA does not play it in a sexual way. The way these characters are written is Gary just sees this beauty, this light in Elena, not like in a physical way, but more of in a spiritual way. And I I think it's a PTA's way of saying, like, relationships are not always based on sex, especially healthy relationships, mm-hmm. are not just based on physical attraction to one another. It's almost like the spiritual connection. Yeah. And, I mean, I feel like the film is very spiritual at its heart. I can agree on that, man. In a weird sense, I know, like, it, it's odd that this movie came out in this time, not gonna lie. Um, what's even more weird, which is, we were just talking about this off-air... Um, another film very similar to this is the same thing, but like gender swapped. You know, Red Rocket with its you know older man interested in a younger woman. It's it's odd. It's weird that these two movies happen to come out from the same couple weeks, especially. Um, and the, the go ahead. The strange thing is, Red Rocket has had no controversy about its. I was just gonna say that like, one's been so much. Maybe because that one is just so under the radar in indie, and like Licorice Pizza is like connecting even, more. Mm-hmm. No, not Licorice Pizza isn't. I, I'd say Red Rocket is like just below, like in terms of popularity, just below Licorice Pizza because the vibe of it is very much one of just having fun, slice of life. Right. But the the leads are too like vastly different. Like Red Rocket lead Mikey is purely about the physical, whereas Elena and Gary are about the spiritual. Okay. Which is weird that Licorice Pizza... And I think, honestly, Licorice Pizza's controversy is more because of... Um, I'm going to... I'm trying to remember his name. It's the owner of the uh, Japanese restaurant. Oh, dude. Jump. He reminds me of one of the guys from uh, from Anchorman. He, I'm pretty sure he yeah. was in one of the Anchormans. Well, he, I'm not going to try and butcher his name, but I'm just... I, most of the controversy has stemmed from, like... His Asian accent, or like his, like what he called speaking Japanese. Mm-hmm. But even then, like it wasn't played in a race, it was more just like this guy is just actually dumb. And it's played very straight, so it and but also at comedic at the same time. That's true, that's true. Um, but continue on what you're saying, Jake, as well. Some of the things you particularly liked about this. I just I liked how uh, it was just like a sequence of events. Bradley Cooper is phenomenal. I like his whole like scene. It's it's like one sequence, mm-hmm. and he makes the most of it. Like yeah. uh, just seeing like his kind of like muted and kind of like straight man performance in Nightmare Alley, where he's just like the whole way through. He's like this kind of going through the motions guy. And like I like Nightmare Alley, but like he's not. I feel like he, I mean, he is definitely challenged as an actor in that movie, but in a different way. Whereas in this one, it's like, let me come in here for five minutes and just make the most of it. And I loved it. It was like the mm. best part of the movie by far, I feel like. Um, and yeah, the whole waterbed business, it felt very like old school. Um, what happened to waterbeds, dude? I know, it's crazy. Like, especially like the scene where like they're like explaining it to him, where it's like, oh, this is going to be the future. Like, this, mm-hmm. this is the way people are going to sleep from My now uncle on. had one. I think my mom had one. Yeah, how the hell do you even get rid of a waterbed? <laughs> you just, I don't know, you, you bring it out and you pop you, you, it. You just poke it. 
<laughs> just bring it on out real quick. <laughs> and drown it out, and then that's it. You're done. Mm-hmm. I agree yeah, with the, the sequencing stuff, though. That's what I think I love most about this movie, personally. Okay. Is that, okay, we we just have a general idea what we're going for, and it's just events. Just just sequence, you know, it, it, it's the kind of thing I want to make when I think about making a movie. Yeah, it's, it's so just, well done. It's like, let's just have fun. Like, it's it's a yeah. film. Like, let's have fun. Let's not think too much. Let's not, like, let's not, um you know, drown ourselves in, like, a meaning or a point. Like, it's just, let's just have a good time for two hours, and... This movie gave me that, and it was, like, really fun to see it in that 70 millimeter, like, old, like, with the pops and shit. I'm like, this feels like an old movie. Like, this mm-hmm. is great. Um, it was, uh, it was a lot of fun. I, I really enjoyed it. And, 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 uh, Cooper, uh, Cooper Hoffman, he was, I think, is this his first mm-hmm. film? Yeah, he's yeah. fantastic. He's really great. I want to see him in more stuff, mm-hmm. uh, for sure. Even Alana Haim was, was really great as an actress in this. Yeah, the, you know, I was in a. I, I've been listening to their their band, the Himes or the Heim. Um, my my roommate's a fan. I thought that was cool having the members play the actual family members in this game. Yeah, or not this game, this film. Excuse me. Um, and also, the parents are the actual parents of the Haim sisters. Yeah, yep, yeah, yep. That as well. I think it's a nice little touch. Why not? You know, um, seeing Benny Safdie is always awesome. You know, we were just talking off air. I just chased a man in New York like a week two ago. Because I thought it was Benny Safdie in the streets, but it wasn't. Um, sorry, whoever that was. I just traumatized you for your entire life. <laughs> um, I enjoyed his Sean role Penn as... as well. What'd you say? Sean Penn. Yep, yep Sean Penn as well. Um, this is just fun. That's the best way to put it. Like it, It's almost difficult to talk about because it's so minimalist and just carefree in a sense. But that's what I adore most about this film. Um, and t- retouching on the whole 25-year-old, 15-year-old thing, maybe, maybe I'm just, I was just a fucked up kid growing up, who knows, but to me, I think it's almost kind of cool to see that in a film, because, you know, I know when I was 15, I wish I was with a 25-year-old, you know, <laughs> that's just a weird thing to say, because <laughs> they're just looking at me like, oh, Max. fuck. Max, <laughs> Max, Max. It is it is very like non sexual. I thought that was great. Like the closest yeah. they get is like the knees under the table. But even I mean like her showing him her her boobs or whatever, that was kind of maybe that was just more funny. But um mm-hmm. that was purely just for laughs. They were pure, yeah. like and cuz he 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 reacted the very much a 15-year-old would react. Can I text her? <laughs> like, and then she just smacks the heck out of him, yeah. which I thought was a very good way of also showing I think that's PTA's way of showing consent. Can I touch him? No. And then just walks away. So I, I, I think that it was it it was actually a more pure relationship than a lot of like the normal ones that they would show on screen nowadays. Mm-hmm. And PTA has always been one to dabble in the like and like how like the spirit of something. He did that in Punch Drunk Love. He's done that in I would dare say he did it in Phantom Thread. But the way that he does it here is very much like another film that's been compared to a lot, uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Okay. A lot. I've heard a lot of people compare Licorice Pizza to Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. The one thing that Once Upon a Time in Hollywood does better, though, is tying up the storylines. I felt like there was a lot here that was left out, but I didn't miss it, if that makes sense. But it would have been nice to see them storylines sewn up in a more neater way. 
Okay, is that your only gripe with this? Because I was about to ask the next question was, what are some of the issues people have with this film? That would... That and... There was not enough Tom Waits in the film, but that's just a personal preference. Okay. <laughs> that's that's just, But just from a critical standpoint, the only issue would be that some of the storylines are not exactly like cleared up as much as they could have been, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But other than by the end, when they're just, when Gary introduces Elena as, look, can I say it? Or yeah, go for it. Yep. Think, um, when Gary introduces Elena as Mrs. Valentine, Mrs. Gary Valentine, mm-hmm. I thought that was a just perfect moment of like, and you could see the joy on both faces. And a lot of people have speculated whether or not the relationship would actually last off screen. Like, mm-hmm. if, like, down the road, like, ten years in this universe, would the relationship last? I think it would. I think that Gary would be able to learn a lot from Elena, and Elena would be able to learn from Gary as well. As strange as it sounds, a 25-year-old learn from a 15-year-old. Hmm. What about you, Jake? Anything, uh, any gripes of this at all? Um... I do, I, I do feel like it kind of just ends, and I was like, oh, I could have used, like, I honestly could have watched this movie for hours and hours. Like, I was so, like, just invested in it, and I was, like, happy to be a part of this, like, kind of world in the story. Um, but, yeah, they introduced things, like, in the last ten minutes, and I was kind of like, oh, well, like, let's keep going with that. Like, what, like with the whole Benny Safdie character, like, I was like, whoa, like, wh- what's all this now? Like, I would love to see this play out um, in kind of a meaningful way. Uh, and it didn't like it was just kind of like oh can you just walk can you walk uh, my husband home or my boyfriend my boyfriend home and um you know it's just kind of like yeah like i can't be seen with you but um and i was like is that it like i I would love to see like how this all plays out and i guess you don't really need to but i don't know it would have been nice to see more of like benny safety because he does come into the movie pretty late he does he does i was like kind of surprised by that because like i saw him in the trailer i forgot that he was in it when he showed up i was like oh yeah that's right benny safety holy shit um Mm. And then he kind of is just like in and out. Like he has a, he's great in it, but I feel like he, I, I feel like I, I would have liked to seen some of the storylines wrapped up as well, um, especially with like her coworker on the campaign uh, part of it, where like I think like they had kind of a thing going. I wanted to see that. Yeah, play out. I could see that as well. That's one of my only gripe is that in the, the yeah. the Benny Safi relationship. Only two things. Yeah, uh, but uh, yeah, everything else loved it. Uh, I wish like I don't know. I, I guess I guess I I kind of like how it does just kind of drop you into certain things, and it's like okay, but we're not worried about that. We got to focus on uh, Gary and Alana. Um, but like, I would have loved to have seen John Penn come back. I would have loved to have seen like everybody kind of like wrap up their stories. But I guess that's not really the point. It's about Alana and Gary. Mm-hmm. Um, but the- yeah. I think that's also PTA's way of saying that's life. Like you don't always get things to wrap up in a nice little bow. And as we see for Gary and Elena, their lives are not exactly neat little bows either. So I think he's just trying to give us that sense of, well, that's just, there's a sense of this, the very harsh sense of reality. Yeah, I can see that. What would you, would you rate this thing, Alex? I'm going to give it a best spin on the way to Coruscant on its way to Coruscant. Okay, what about you, Jake? I give it a, a best spin and a half. Best spin on its way to Coruscant as well. My favorite movie of the year, my number one. See, for me, it's, it's a straight Coruscant, despite my gripes for it. Um, I'm going to look past it, just because this movie's timeless in a sense. 
Um, I know, like, the 70s, it's a shtick almost. You know, it's its thing, but, like, I could spend all day watching this thing. This is a... I could see myself rewatching over and over again for years. Um, yeah, it's in my top ten. That's all I'll say. <laughs> Which, check out that episode last week on Galaxy Film. We did our top ten of the year. I wish it would have made it in. I was hoping it would. It might. But I'm gonna... There, there, this has been a surprisingly good year for film. Mm-hmm. I've heard a lot of people say that it hasn't been, but as you two can probably test as well, there have been just so many great films this year that maybe have just been under-seen mm-hmm. or just haven't been talked about enough. Especially, and this is just my my plea to everyone listening here, don't, like Bong Joon-ho said, don't let the one-inch barrier of subtitles restrict you from watching films that aren't in your native language. Walk, go out, watch watch some foreign stuff. Watch some stuff that's not in English. Um, because there have been so many fantastic foreign films this year, and yeah. <laughs> that's just all. I, I don't want to get on my soapbox too long here. Fair some enough. of the best stuff of the year is, 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 is foreign-related material, you know? It's really great. Like, Squid Game on Netflix, you know? Lamb was great. Titan. Oh, yes. Titan? Okay, no, 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 no. You know, like no. I hated that movie. I don't know <laughs> what people were smoking when they watched that movie, I but I want some because if it can make Titan or Titan, whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. Vincent Linden was the best part of that movie. Agatha Roussel was terrible. I did not like that movie at all. A lot of people now, hate, love it, but but I agree with. I'm more on your side where I'm like, I don't get it, but okay, I'm glad people I, like it. I found it very much shock for shock value. Yeah, and thankfully now, hopefully, it won't be taking uh, the Hand of God's spot in Best International Feature at the Oscars now. Because that's oh, where we... Yeah. Well, I mean, it can't now. It didn't get shortlisted. Yeah. But I I did not like Titan. Um, but I will also say, as my old, my forever disclaimer, I can rewatch it and completely think something else about it. And oftentimes I do, because I like to support the, the weirder stuff. Yeah, I need to watch that one still. I was supposed to go see. I missed my show time for it. I think it was like one of the last days, last week, and I was at the Alamo. I'm, I'm kicking myself You need myself to watch it, it sober. You need to watch it sober. That's why I didn't see it, actually. Because <laughs> I was not sober. <laughs> also, um, Tragedy of Macbeth is currently playing in theaters. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, no, I'm watching uh, that one. Why not? I just, I'm all nighted out after last dull, angry night. I... This is not. This is different than those two. I, I'm gonna have to wait for it. It's on the bottom of my list to watch. And honestly, like I said, dude, like the night stuff. That era was something I was not interested in. in the kid, um, in like as an adult, like it, a few exceptions over the years, but yeah, King King Arthur, Legend of the Sword. Yeah, dude, I couldn't give a fuck about King Arthur going up. What that movie was awesome. I couldn't that have cared less, ruled. dude. It's like, yeah. <laughs> I just couldn't, man. Uh, this well, was a short LFG, though, honestly. But, I mean, watch the fucking movie. It's great. It's simple. That's the best way to know. put it. I mean, that's a short episode. It's just, it's just good. It's just really good. Go see it. <laughs> honestly. I don't, I don't know what is what else that you could say about it. Um, Sean Penn's actually good in it. You know, I didn't see any licorice nor pizza throughout this whole thing. Yeah. 
sick one, Paul. <laughs> oh, wait, wasn't the... I, uh, a friend of my friend that I saw this with told me the original title was actually Soggy Bottoms. To really? go in with the... Uh, Soggy with Bottoms. the uh, waterbed business. But they were like, that's not going to work. <laughs> like, oh, what you know that? what's pretty cool, People, though? When I was leaving the Alamo in the, the lobby on the tables, they had little signs of the um, the waterbed business on the tables. That's really cool. Man, mm-hmm. I need to go back to Alamo and grab one. When I was in New York, actually, I got a picture I got to post on our Insta- our social media, the Galaxy of Film on Instagram and Twitter. Follow that if you haven't. Um, <laughs> I found some bus shelters of Licorice Pizza, the poster for it, I got a picture with. It was pretty cool. Like This was advertised very well in New York. I was surprised. I mean, because they're pushing this. This is hopefully going to be PTA's chance at finally winning an Oscar. Well, hopefully. hopefully. <laughs> well, look, Jane Campion's probably winning director. Who knows, man? Who knows? We'll see coming up soon. I know you're following Oscar stuff, Jake, over at your yeah, show. Yeah, all the uh, Oscar, as long as nothing gets delayed anymore, um, awards coverage will be coming up on at Drink of the Movies, as well mm-hmm. as a bunch of... Uh, best of the year lists as well as stuff to look forward to in 2022 and a very special video that will be coming out hopefully by the end of the week well you just plugged yourself early sir you darn right i did i had to go ahead and get it in there (laughs) jake where can listeners find you and your oscar tracking as well so I've been tracking the Oscars. It's more of just like, oh, here's what I watched this mm-hmm. week, and here's what I think it could do. Uh, Blind Awards Race, it's on all the podcast feeds, uh, as well as the Mayhem Zone, which will be coming back. There's been a lot of issues with COVID and stuff, but uh, it will be coming back uh, this week. And, uh, yeah, Mayhem Pictures, YouTube channel. Uh, we're going to be trying to do some more stuff this year in 2022, so hopefully it'll be fun. If if you guys aren't following Mayhem Picture, what are you doing? We he's been on here a thousand times. Come on, <laughs> hey, his Oscar tracking is impressive. Oh yeah, guys, both of you. I I commend you for that. Something I don't have the patience for is the Oscar tracking. It it raises your blood pressure. I was just yeah, so we'll pissed see. off at the Oscars last year. I have no faith this year. Why? The the Chad Bozeman stuff. We talked oh, about yeah. a galaxy well, of film. I didn't even track the Oscars last year because I was just like, "What is? Why do we even have one?" Yeah, I mean, there was I, good stuff, but yeah, there, I don't know. I think the wrong movie won Best Picture, man. Creeping Tilly won Best Picture. Uh, Nomadland won Best Nomadland Picture. Won. Some, what should have won? Uh, Sound of Metal. Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Sound of Metal. Ma Rainey was that even nominated? Pretty Not sure it was. Picture, I don't think. Not for picture. Oh, it that was my number one for last year. I, I Ma so. Rainey's was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, no, it should have been Sound of Metal for Best Picture, uh, David Fincher for Mank. I hate uh, Riz Ahmed. I hate that man. Why? I do not like Bodie in Rogue One. I don't like uh, Riot and Venom. Didn't care for him one bit in The Sisters Brothers. So when I heard about... I've heard great things about Sound of Metal. Again... Did you watch Nightcore? Watch what? Nightcrawler? No. He's fucking good in that. Maybe. I'll watch that before Sound of Metal, dude. Like, Riz Ahmed, I just... Especially after the Sisters Brothers, dude. He's such a whiny bitch in that movie. Is that the one with yeah. uh, Joaquin and... Mm-hmm. Uh, I saw that in theaters. They came to Fayetteville on a tour, actually. Oh, nice. And the AMC. Yeah, it was a good theater experience. But, oh, wow. uh, 
But thank you both for coming on. I guess it's going to wrap it up for this LFG, kind of a short one this week. Um, stay tuned on the Galaxy Film Productions YouTube channel. The episode 1 of our New York vlog series will be up. Check out last week's main Galaxy Film episode for the top 10 films of 2021. And check out this week's Galaxy of Film episode. We're discussing Boys in the Hood and also Menace to Society. Uh, good stuff going on. Check out Mayhem Pictures. Check out Drink in the Movies. And, you know, that's going to wrap it up. Uh, thanks for listening, guys, and we'll talk to you next week. Bye, guys. <laughs>